Hello, Marquette basketball fans. Welcome to a very special edition of the Golden Break. I'm your host, Adam Moak. We are joined today by the beat writer for the Marquette men's basketball team for the Milwaukee Sentinel Journal, Ben Steele. He's a good friend of the show. We're lucky to have him on. Let's kick it over to Ben. All right, we're joined by our good friend, Ben Steele. Man, it is good to have you back on the pod. How have you been? Good, man. It's good to be back in action. Uh, I don't think anyone would have guessed that Marquette would be 5-1 and one to start the season. Um, so, yeah, it's been uh, pretty interesting. So I'm sure we got a lot to talk about. Oh, yes, we do. Well, let's start a little bit about being back on the beat. You know, COVID changed your job last year. Uh, and I know the protocols are different this year. How has it affected you, your access? And also, what's it like for the team this year? What are some of the differences you see in the protocols and things like that? Yeah, it's been great. Uh, just being back in person, just seeing games in person is so much better than you miss so much when you're just watching on TV. You can see how teammates interact with each other. You can look at different things besides what the, you know, the TV cameras are showing. You can look, you can watch the bench. Uh, you can see coaches interact with each other. So it's just interesting in that respect. Um, and then just talking, talking with people, it's just so much better talking to people in person. Um, just seeing people around Fiserv, talking to people. It's just, it's so much better than doing it over zoom. I can't, I can't emphasize enough how it's like 200,000 times better, infinitely better doing it this way. This is the way you got to do it um protocols uh yeah we still meet people still have to wear masks um i do all all the home interviews in the uh interview room at fiserv so it's still pretty socially distanced in there um but it's in person and there's more just personal connection that way uh the team you know they don't get out much anyway even in normal times when they're on the road and everything they're in the team hotel they got you know they usually have a a conference room that they watch film at as a team together. I, I, they usually don't get out much in public. So I don't know if anything's changed much in, in that respect for them. So being around the team now, you know, and now a, a new coach, uh, a new regime, um, culture is a big thing to me. Um, what's the vibe like? What's the culture like, especially after you've experienced, you know, the Woj tenure, you know, there's going to be, I'm sure some things that really stand out to you. Yeah. You know, Shaq is a big culture guy and he's, uh, he emphasizes, you know, very high energy teams. And obviously the way his basketball style is, you have to be in elite shape to play that way. So I think his first couple months on the job was just getting these guys in elite shape. Um, like the freshman, like David Joplin lost a lot of weight over those first couple months, uh, doing a lot of running. Um, but you know, Shaka, it's interesting. Like he's a young guy, he's 44, right. But he's, he's been a head coach for 13 years. So he's got, he's got a lot of experience and he, he really thinks deeply about like motivational or how, how young people learn things. So he's got a lot of like catchphrases, like, He's got phrases posted all over the Al McGuire center. Um, and you could hear like the players are starting to echo, like all his, his little phrases that he used. Like they always talk about the next, the next right play. They'll say that a lot, like moving on from mistakes um, lost in the fight. That's I've heard that dozens and dozens of times over the last couple of weeks. 
Um, yeah, those kind of things. So he, he he's really put his uh, fingerprints on this. Like it's uh it's it's a lot different than the last couple of years for sure. Well, you know what, and this is something we just talked about on the pod. You get the sense, obviously, I'm an outside observer. I don't have the access that you do. But even as an outside observer, I feel the buy-in from the players because when you start to hear the players repeat the phrases, mm-hmm. like on at, like there, you could tell, like maybe just in an interview or you hear them talk, to see them repeat the phrases yeah. says to me, buy-in. Are you seeing buy-in? Yeah, for sure. Like they're listening, like it's sinking in and you see just – just the different, there's just a different energy about the team when they're playing on the court. Uh, and I know that's part of that's due to the up and down nature. That's the way Shaka's teams play, but still there's, there's a, a connectivity with the team and you see it with a, you know, a five and one start to the season. Absolutely. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about elite shape. You talked about yeah. the getting them up to speed physically you know, to me, I think in my humble opinion, one of the best attributes of this team is their motor. You know, what have you learned about this team's approach to conditioning that you think will allow them to sustain this high tempo all year? Yeah, I mentioned uh, David Joplin earlier. Um, one of the most interesting uh, conditioning stories of the, the preseason was with him. Like, he's a big guy, man. He's like, I, I'm going off the top of my head here, so... I have to double check the roster, but he was like six, seven, 200 something. Um, and one of the things when Chaka came in, there's a, I wrote about this in a, in a story earlier this year, there was a parking garage on campus and he had David Joplin run up it's a mile up to the top of it. And they had a, when, when David Joplin first did it, he got like eight minutes, something. And Chaka said for, you know, in order for him to play in like the first game, to earn his uniform, he had to get it uh, like 645, which is pretty tough, you know, for, for a big dude like that running up, uh, you know, an incline, but yeah, he got it like a week before the season, got that 645 mark. And so those are the kind of things like Chaka, when I talk about like experience as head coach, he had used this before with uh, one of his players at VCU now plays for the Indianapolis Colts in the NFL as a, as a tight end. Uh, Mo Ali Cox so he's got all these tricks of the trade that he's he's kind of you know accrued over the years so it's pretty interesting in that respect and and going to the practices man they're really like up and down it was like non-stop um one of the first ones I went to it was like two and a half hours and it was like non-stop running and you could tell that was like early in the season and like especially the younger guys like about like the hour 45 two hour mark, man, they started dragging and it got really sloppy. Uh, but you see, it's like starting to pay off now, man. They can, you know, I don't see a lot of fatigue when I, when I watch the games. Yeah. I think it, it, the St. Bonaventure game was the first game where I saw fatigue, yeah. but like, I mean, you, you're going to be tired at that point. You yeah. played so many games that week and then yeah, your very last opponent is a ranked group of seniors. That's going to yeah. happen. Yeah, that was a that yeah that was a that was a good reality check for for Marquette. I think, yeah, I mean that was like their third game in four days, fourth game in the week. Oh. So it's yeah that that's a little to be expected, and that just shows that they still got still got a lot of work to do too. Yeah, 
Shaka has mixed up his lineups a lot, which I get, understandably so. He's tinkering. He's trying to figure out what the best groups are going to be. Um, who do you see as the starting five on a regular basis come January? Yeah, I, I still think it's going to be the, the group that started this early in the season. It's a good mix. Uh, you know, Kerr, you got Kerr Queth as the shot blocker. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. Justin, who's you know, improve leaps and bounds. He'll be in there. Daryl's automatic lock as a starter. Tyler's like their best ball handler and passer. Then the only spot like Omax, uh, but he he's, you know, he's a good guy. He, he's still figuring out things, but he's got, you can see the athletic skills in there and he's got the body and, you know, he's still, he doesn't have to carry the office at all. So in that, in that it's, a, I think that's a good spot for him. Um, that could be a spot that'll change. Like, depending on matchups or something like that. But the other guys I think are pretty much set in stone. Yeah. I think the nice thing about the way this team is constructed is that like, if there's not a good matchup for Omax, you can move Daryl over to the three, depending yeah. on the, you know, who they're guarding. You've got Elliot, right. You can slide in cam yeah. Jones at the two, if you need to yeah. Daryl at three. So there's flexibility. So, you know, at, Maybe it doesn't have to be a, 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 this is the starting five. And maybe he does run like that. I think that could be really interesting. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, of Daryl, there's a very clear bond between Shaka and Daryl Marcel. I've seen it in the interviews. Mm -hmm. I see it on the court. I noticed they hug before every tip. What are you seeing behind the scenes that makes this relationship so special? Yeah, it's interesting. There's, there's connections with Daryl to the team. Like he knew, Justin Lewis, they both grew up in Baltimore. They played on the same AAU program, Team Mello in, in Baltimore. Um, one of the assistant coaches, DeAndre Haynes, coached at, at Maryland. Uh, Daryl Marcel spent four years at Maryland. I think I'd have to double check, but I think uh, DeAndre was there for three of those four years. He wasn't there at the beginning. Um, so they had a relationship. But, yeah, every time you talk to, to Daryl about why he came to Marquette, why he wanted to come here, it was – Shaka was like the first thing that comes out of his mouth. And I think he kind of pitched to, to Daryl, like, we're going to use the skills that we knew you had, like Big Ten defensive player the, the year last year. We know he's a good defensive player. But Shaka also said, you know, you come here. We got an unproven roster. You could show your leadership skills. And you can also have the ball in your hands a lot more. And you've seen, like, how he's responded to that. Um, and, you know, Shaka's proven record as a, as a defensive coach, I think was very important to Daryl. And I think they're just like, just get along really well. I think, uh, you know, Shaka was interested in, in government and history when he was in college. And, and I, I think, uh, I think Daryl was a, a, a public policy major when he was at, at Maryland, something in that realm. I don't know if it's specifically public policy, but so I think they're kind of similar personalities and I, I, they get along really well together. Yeah. You could definitely see it. You could definitely see it. Listen, Tyler Kolek, this might be a lazy narrative, but to me, he's got shades of Travis Deer. It's hard yeah. not to see a little bit of yeah. that when it comes. And I think for me, it's the basketball IQ. You know what I mean? That's the part that really stands up to me. You know, his leadership on the offensive side has been, I think mm. the most, the most important part of the entire offense. What's impressed you most on the court and off the, uh, off the court about TK? Yeah, I honestly, I just thought that he was just a shooter coming in 
And then the first time I saw him like practice with the team, like, he was throwing these hit ahead passes and like those cross court passes and that stuff's contagious, man. You could see it when he's on the court, like the ball moves so much better when, when he's out there. Um, and he hasn't got the, the shot hasn't started. Hasn't, uh, he had the one good shooting game, but the rest of the games, he's kind of struggled a little bit. So I think that that's bound to improve. Um, and he's, yeah, he's just, a, a a tough kid, man. He's a tough competitor. Like he doesn't back down from anybody. He's not the most physically gifted as far as speed and jumping, but he's, he's tough. He doesn't like back down and, and you see, he's got a, a little swagger to him. You saw it at the end of that West Virginia game where he's, you know, he's singing the, the country road song and he's not, uh, yeah, he's not, uh, he's not afraid to mix it up with the other team. That's for sure. No, he is. And I think that's another reason why I think we're as Marquette fans, we're really falling in love with him. Who is sort of bubbling to the top as a leader of this team? Like I, I see Daryl. I've also seen Tyler. Like I saw him call Kerr out uh, yeah. in a game when, when he didn't set a screen. Um, I, who is sort of starting to come to the top for you when it comes to leadership? Yeah, I think Daryl does a lot uh, just by example, just because the way he plays, the way he takes care of business. He's a very serious minded dude. Um, yeah, Tyler's probably more vocal as far as like pointing out people's mistakes or this is where you got to be. So yeah, those two guys, I think that was a good observation on your part. Um, yeah, those two guys, I would say Justin's probably maybe not the most vocal leader, but he's another guy that just is in the right place. He knows the right things to do. And he's another lead by example kind of guy. Yeah. Let's talk about Justin. Oh man. The growth has been unbelievable. Uh, I've been raving about his footwork. Mm -hmm. What has stood out to you the most? Yeah. He's another guy that's gotten in like elite shape. Like he's definitely a lot sleeker than he was last year. Can play a lot longer. I think last year you could see like he'd get tired after playing for, you know, four or five minutes, six minute stretches. And he's playing, I think, the most minutes out of anybody during games this year. Um, handling the ball a lot more, like facing the basket a lot more. And he started to show those uh, skills. Uh, he's always had like good form and good rotation on a shot. And his numbers were terrible last year from three-point shooting. Like, and it started slow this year, but it's starting to see like the, the ball starting to fall down for him on those shots. And yeah, and yeah, he can, uh, this footwork. Yeah. When he's backing people down to the basket, he can create room, uh, overpower and, and, you know, shoot the little jump hook over smaller players. Um, yeah, it's just a, a mismatch for, for it, for most defenses don't have an answer for him. And he's starting to get the confidence, man. You see it now he's starting to get rack up the double doubles. Um, yeah, it's, I, I've said before, like, I think he's a, he's a potential NBA player just with his frame and the way he, you know, a six, seven guy who can shoot from outside and bang down low. That's like, that's what you're looking for at the next level for, for NBA teams. No, no doubt. Absolutely. Um, Which freshman has impressed you the most and which freshman do you think is going to be most important to this team come January, February? Yeah. All those guys are going to be important. They're going to play a lot. Um, like Cam Jones, I think uh, it's funny with him, man. It's just like he has total confidence, man. He comes in, he's not shy about about putting up shots at all. And and Shaka, to his credit, man, he's given him the green light and just told him, like, you know, if you're open, just shoot it. 
Uh, don't take anything like crazy. I think he got reprimanded the other game for, you know, taking a wild scoop shot in the, in the lane. He got yanked for that. Um, but if you're open from three, just put it up and he, you see it, man. He's, he's, he's got a little, uh, he's not like a, a blazer athletically, but he's just crafty, man. He's just like off the bounce. Um, getting it's in the like lane. that, like, uh, I'm not saying he's Clay Thompson, but like the yeah. similar game where like Clay Thompson, we all, they always talk about how, you know, he rarely dribbles, right? He's just yeah. a guy who will find and create a shot off the ball. And I, that Clay, or I should say Cam sort of approaches the game that way. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, he can find like weird angles off the glass to like spin the ball in. And yeah, he's, uh, he's going to be uh, that microwave scorer off the bench for, for them. And, and Stevie, Stevie Mitchell has been really good defensively. He's had kind of his ups and downs offensively. I, he's not that great of a shooter yet. I don't think he's taken that many three-pointers. And you see him kind of hesitate when he, when he gets the ball. He, he prefers more attack in the basket. And he really struggled against a, the veteran team like St. Bonaventure, and they kind of overpowered him a little bit. Um, but yeah, Stevie really seemed to struggle after SIU in New Hampshire when we got into some of the, the, the better teams, yeah. he, he has really struggled, but I think where he can be effective because I don't really feel like we have a great finisher at the hoop. Mm-hmm. You know, Daryl's probably the best at attacking. He's the strongest, but we don't have someone who's just going to, you know, when he gets to the bucket, he's going to mm-hmm. put it in. I think Stevie could be that guy. If he can focus in that, that might help him get minutes because yeah. he's going to struggle to get him if Cam keeps playing like this. Yeah. And then David Joplin, I think he's going to be a really key player this, this season. Cause he might be maybe this isn't like a great shooting team, but he could like elevate it to a very high above average shooting team, especially like getting those shots in the corner and he's six, seven, he's got really good form. Like it, it looks good coming off his hands. Uh, it hasn't fallen at the rate. I'm sure he probably wants it to, but you see it like it's there. And if they can get him going from three-point lanes, I think that would kind of juice their offense a lot more. Uh, the other freshman, Amarion Ellis, he's more of like a work in progress. But you could see like the talent in him and the coaching staff. I'm telling you, man, they they rave about this guy's potential just as like a six-five athlete guy. And, you know, he's still making that jump from like playing – last year he's playing high school in Iowa, you know, to, to this, this level, that's a pretty big leap, but he's still figuring it out. Um, but they're, they're really high on him. Uh, I don't know how much he's going to play this year, but we'll see how, as the year goes on, if, how well he adjusts. Yeah. He's definitely the most raw. Yeah. Um, you could definitely see the talent, but you can tell he struggles kind of finding where to be, where he needs to be on the offensive and defensive side of the court, yeah. but you know, definitely the skills are there. And that's great to hear that the coaches think the way they do. Uh, how's Greg Elliott doing? I, it can't be easy to, for him to have sat those first couple yeah. of games and to have to watch, especially with all the great success. And you can even tell like in the first game he came in, it was almost like he was playing catch up to the yeah. motor. Everybody had, how is he doing? How is he staying with this team mentally after what I'm sure was kind of tough for him to, to manage at first? Yeah, he's a he's a you know veteran guy, smart player. Um, doesn't try to do too much. Um, yeah, it did look he did definitely look rusty that first game he came in. Uh, he had a couple of nice hustle plays. 
the shop didn't look like it usually does. So I, I don't know if he was rushing it or something like that, but it's probably, I don't know exactly what Greg's role is going to be this year. We'll have to see how it, how it plays out these next couple of weeks, but it might be that, you know, 10 to 15 minute guy just come in off the bench. And if he's hitting threes, might play a little more. Um, Cause his team, like I said before, just needs that consistent outside shooter. Maybe he can provide that. Um, but he's a, you know, he's a smart defensive player always has been over his time here. He's always in the right place. So I, he'll fit in on that side of the court for sure. Yeah. So it's in the same Bonaventure game. Shaka was visibly animated <laughs> for a good portion of that game. And when yeah. you're watching on TV, right? Like you're not really fully getting the story of what exactly is going on. Right. He had the technical, yeah. uh, a run in with the other coach. We'll call yeah. it that, you know, kind of a back and forth with the fans. What were you seeing there? What was kind of going on? Yeah, I think there was some frustration with the officials throughout the game, and then it kind of bubbled over at the end once the game got, you know, turned into a rout in the in the second half. Uh, Shock was a little bit upset about St. Bonaventure coach Marshmitt calling a timeout with, I think it was 145 left to get some subs in. I think Shaka would have – I asked him about it after the game. He was just like, yeah, I was confused about why he would call a timeout there. Uh, I think Shaka probably thought, you know, there's going to be a dead ball eventually. Like you could just sub then. I don't know if you want to call a timeout then, but so I think there was some jawing back and forth, but I think they, I saw them in the back. They talked to each other in the, in the hallway afterwards. I, there wasn't any hard feelings. And then, you know, Shaka didn't want to expand like a typical coach afterwards. He's just like, yeah, we, we can't focus on that. We got to focus on our team, you know, that sort of thing. I think it was mostly just frustration with just, just how that game went. And he seemed to handle it well with the fans, right? Yeah, it looked yeah. like that was he was kind of have. I mean, that's college basketball, right? Like that's what makes yeah. it fun. Yeah, the uh, the Bonnie's fans were out in full force in Charleston. I can tell you that they were. Uh, I mean, rightfully so. This is their best team they've had in, you know, probably ever. But you know, they made the Final Four early in the '70s when they had Bob Lanier. So, but they're they're fired up, man. They love that that team. This is like a once in a generation team for them. So yeah, when uh, so they they packed the the arena. They were definitely the biggest fan base there, and yeah, they were uh, giving it to Shaka a little bit at the end of the game. They were saying, you know, Shaka, who I, I forget what exactly the chant was, but you know, and then Shaka kind of waved his hands at him, kind of egg him on a little bit, but I, it wasn't wasn't too big of a deal. You know? Yeah, it looked like good fun. I, I like that. I I, I like that sort of the yeah. way they mix it up. And so the, the production team and I were, were prepping for this interview and, and some of the producers were a little salty. Did you not put Marquette in your top 25? <laughs> what the hell is that about? You're supposed to be our home court advantage. Uh, What's going on? And if they had beat St. Bonaventure, that would have been an easy automatic, but yeah, it's uh, you know, th this type of year, it's like, you're kind of, you know, Marquette's had some, some good wins and you, but just this time of year is still kind of weighing like potential and, you know, all that it's, it's, you know, it's subjective, you know, I, I would guess if I had to expand the top 25 further, I mean, Marquette probably, I don't know, I'd have to think about it, but they would have been in the 28, 29, somewhere around their sure, range. Yeah. So it's close, you know, it's no, just, I'm with you. Know. you. I, I'm with you. you know, and yeah. listen, the fact that they got votes, none of us would have thought that that would have yeah. been the case yeah. after this tournament. I mean, you have, everyone has to be thrilled with the results. 
I would love to catch Bonaventure on a day where we had maybe a couple of days rest to yeah. see how we would really play against. And listen, we're going to see a St. Bonaventure-esque team in Villanova mm-hmm. later on, a team that's disciplined, a team mm-hmm. that's going to play really well. Uh, what's uh, What are some of the things you're getting from the Big East in general? What are some of the biggest surprises outside of Marquette? Well, it's not a surprise that Villanova is any good, like you mentioned. They're not that deep, though. That's one of their uh, – and they don't have – really quality rim protectors. So I don't know if, if teams can exploit that a little bit. UConn, you know, they're good. They're going to be uh, really tough defensively always under Dan Hurley. They got a lot of big guys. Um, Xavier, I've only seen bits and pieces of them. Uh, they got, you know, a lot of guys returning. Very good, uh, you know, guard and Paul Scruggs. I mean, they, haven't, they don't even have one of their best players yet and, and Fremantle. Um, and then Seton Hall is, I, I think, a really good team, too. Like, they're especially going to be tough defensively. So I think all those teams are going to be at the top. And Marquette, you know, it's like Villanova's at the top, UConn maybe in a tier right below, and then everybody else is, you know, outside of DePaul. Though DePaul's, you know, played, played had its moments this year uh, in Georgetown, typical Georgetown situation at the bottom of the Big East. But uh all the other teams, man, it's like, I don't see much difference. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be a battle there in that, that middle trying to get to get to the top end. Yeah. The big East is going to be a blast this year, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Ben, thank you so much for your time, man. It is always so much fun talking with you. We'll have you on again soon. Awesome, man. Always here when you need me. Thanks, man. Thank you again to Ben Steele. Such a good friend of the pod. Always giving us some great insight on this Marquette basketball team. we got a special show announcement. We will be joined next week by special assistant to the head coach, Nevada Smith. Cannot wait to break down X's nose. We are excited to bring him to you, the greatest basketball fans in college basketball. Have a fantastic day.